Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to The Promised Land, a show all about Manchester United and part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined as ever by football journalist and United season ticket holder Rob Blanchett. Remember, you can subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts on Apple, Google, Spotify, etc., etc. And now you can watch us twice a week on Tuesdays and Fridays on YouTube as well. So head over to that channel. Um, we're at the the Promised Land, a Manchester United podcast. Just search that in the search bar. Hit the like button on all of our videos. Subscribe. Join the community. And the link should be in the description of this episode if you're listening on audio. Uh, Rob, how are you doing? Not too bad. Obviously, uh we are living in tumultuous times in the world at the moment, but football continues, uh, Manchester United continues, and uh, and a decent result in the Champions League. So uh, I'm not too high and I'm not too low, as I always say, and uh, there's plenty to talk about today. Not too high, not too low. I think you're you're somewhere in the middle, where the, whereas there are some fans who are quite low after after the result. I think we might have an interesting conversation today because I think there's a there's a few concerning bits in it, but we'll we'll talk about uh, the perspectives, result versus performance, significance of the tie, this kind of stuff. Um, just a reminder before we do move on, you can follow us on Twitter too. I'm at underscore Scott Saunders. Uh, Rob is at underscore Rob underscore B, and at Promise Land MU for the account itself. Uh, we'll talk about Atletico Madrid today. Performances, are they still of massive concern? We'll talk about Ralph Rangnick's comments in the wake of the game, uh, being critical of the first half performance. It was quite uh, noticeable how irritated he was by it. We'll talk about Anthony Alanga and Marcus Rashford seem to be direct opposites of each other at the moment in terms of their performance levels. And we'll also look ahead at the end to the Watford game, uh, which is... You know, Watford beat United 4-1 in the reverse fixture earlier this season. But this is the last real game in the Premier League now where you'd expect United to take all three points before they go into a really difficult run of games from next weekend, starting with Man City away, I think. So let's look back, Rob. Um, Atletico Madrid, I kind of went into this game feeling optimistic, <laughs> um, which is mm. it, United have managed to do that thing where they lulled me in again to think, all right, things are looking all right. And then they were 1-0 down within seven minutes uh, and they couldn't string a couple of passes together in the first half. But they did manage to get a draw thanks to Anthony Alanga's late equaliser. So on the whole, good result. Very good result. You know, we talked before the game, didn't we, about how away goals being taken out of the competition does kind of change the mindset a little bit. You know, you need to go... So Atletico Madrid, of course, you don't want to lose on any count. But, you know, if you'd lost 2-1 back in the day, you got your away goal. That helps you. You know you've only got to win the second leg 1-0 and you're through. But that changes now. So I think before, you know, Ralph did also address that. He kind of said, you don't have to go into these first leg away matches thinking that you have to score. But, of course, you have a game plan still, don't you? You want to go there. You want to get a result. And it's what happens at the final whistle. So if you come away with the result you want, you should be happy with it. Forget the performance. So I think this is kind of where the Manchester United universe gets a bit skewed because fans always want 
top performances every week, and I think that's understandable. But Europe is a different kind of beast. It's a different animal. You've got to go in there and just get in and get out. That's the most important thing and take what you want. So a one-all result, I was delighted with that, delighted with the goal, with how Alanga came on and took that goal. It was a really good goal as well when you look at it, especially the slow motion replays going around on Twitter of the one-touch football, of how kind of beautiful it was from back to front. It looked really nice. Um, but there's been a lot of negativity, a lot of Man United fans spending their hard-earned mental cash on that first half, which we will address. It was horrible. But in Europe, you get your draw, you get out, you should be happy. Uh, from, from my perspective, let's, let's dig into that a little bit, because I'm, I'm not... Obviously, I'm delighted with the result, but I think that the concerning thing for me is Atletico with the... They put their, the correct amount of effort in. You know, you know, this Atletico Madrid team, they will work to the bone. They'll work their socks off to... Uh, and it's a, it's a shadow of like Diego Simeone, the manager, and his kind of philosophy. He wants his team to work like that. Obviously, they haven't been great this season. Uh, they dropped off in a number of areas, but they did manage to... They, they looked up for it. Whereas United, we've always had criticisms this season of, do they really, are they really asked? Do they really care? And it did feel a bit like that. My real issue with it was the while the result was good if United do drop a performance like that in the second leg they will be in the same position they'll, they'll be in trouble because obviously away goals don't really count but United have to go and win this game because I don't want to see this one go into penalties uh, and if they can't really get up for a game like that you know it doesn't inspire me with confidence for getting up for the second leg do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I think Manchester United, as a as a unit, as a set of players, they're a strange one. And what do I mean by that? Well, like we can look at a performance like that and immediately kind of dig in and talk just about motivation. Like even Ranić talked about effort and those kind of those ticks that we look for in football matches. But I think there's something more going on there. You know, I, I think it's actually just a case of having a game plan and executing it. And that was the issue for me. Because they had plenty of the ball. They just couldn't pass it, Scott. Now, are, are we saying that they're going into this game going, oh, I can't be bothered if I can pass the ball? I don't believe that at all. I think when you look at the senior players who in that first half all misfired and misperformed, there's a collective issue there, isn't there? And it, it does date back to Solskjaer. And it almost feels like it dates back in terms of DNA of this Manchester United team further years ago to Mourinho to like, like how far can you go back Van Gaal we saw these kind of performances for the last 10 years so what is going on so I, I think that you can kind of dial it down to the most basics of sport and that is that Manchester United have good set of players but have not been able to find that chemistry that you need to be true winners you know took Liverpool 15-20 years to refind it after they fell off their perch you know it took um, Manchester City over through that period of where with their managers where they change manager every season or two to get to where they are with Guardiola so uh, yes fans should be concerned by a half of football but in this case it's about getting your result and you just said that, you know they repeat that at Old Trafford I think it's highly unlikely because it's a different set of circumstances and and now they'll actually smell the victory they'll be so right now half the job is done we got away with it now we have to do something a bit different. I think the concerning thing is, is that Ralph Ranić gives these boys a plan and sometimes they execute it and sometimes they don't. And you have to ask them, why is that? So even if you get Pochettino, Ten Hag, you know, Jesus Christ himself, whoever running the football team, 
can these boys still do it? And I think that's the bigger question because it might mean that you have to sell some of these players who are popular to bring in other players that will actually come and do the job. Yeah, absolutely. I think we'll talk about that kind of thing later in the show. But I would like to kind of caveat what I said just before that you came back in, Rob, with I think Madrid are actually quite good <laughs> in the first half. Like, And that might have played into United being quite lax and lame yeah. in a sense because they were they were pressing they were they were putting a lot of pressure on the ball and united couldn't really hack it yeah like i've i've worked in madrid previously and with la liga and there's this thing with atletico madrid that they see themselves as the perennial underdogs so they look at manchester united as the elite you know they look at manchester united as one of those band of clubs like real madrid you know they're, they're kind of band of brothers from across the city that they don't like they see them as the same kind of principled club and for them, that's how they would have seen it, United turning up. It would have been like, right, we're going to pick our performances up. Whereas United are the opposite. United are like, have this kind of freakish personality to themselves where they're looking at it and going, I feel like coming through dead champions of Spain. Are we feeling inferior to them? Oh no, should we should we be better than them? Well, on form, you are better than Atletico Madrid, funnily enough. So I think this is where that juxtaposition swings. And that's what we saw in the first half is that Atletico worked their socks off. And then in the second half, just fell off a little bit. And their lack of quality, I think, was there to be seen as well. Like, we talk about them dominating parts of the game. Well, David De Gea didn't really have a lot to do on the night. When you look at the stats, they're two or three decent chances, Atletico. But it's the same issues that they've had in La Liga all season long, where they've not really been that productive in the final third. What did you make of Ralph in the post-match? Uh, well, we'll talk about um, what he said in Antonio Langer in a little bit, but he was very critical of the first half. Was he... Do you think he's getting sick of this, or what? what how's he? How's he viewing this? Yeah, I, I quite, I quite liked what he said in terms of, you know, we know he's straight and we know that he likes to be honest. He shoots from the hip, but he's not kind of he doesn't overreg stuff. You know, he's a he's a, a professor. That's what he is. He kind of he wants to explain it, and he was just frank. He was like, they had a plan, they didn't execute it. I told them that at half time, and through the substitutions in the second half, we got what we wanted. And that's the story of the game, isn't it, in five seconds? So I think that that results mean everything at the moment. You know, if you bring in an interim, it's just about a results business. You're not really building for the future or developing or all of that stuff. You're trying to do what you need to do now. They got a 1-1 draw at the Champions of Spain in their own backyard and take them back to Old Trafford now in the second leg. That's job done. So I think on one side of it, Ranić is expressive and he'll talk about this thing. Say Ole Gunnar Solskjaer going to be manager there. Ole would never have talked about anything through the performance. He'd have gone, boys did good, blah, 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 1-1. One, one, and that would have been the end of it. But I think you saw after the game how perturbed a lot of United fans, you see the United fan channels reacting really aggressively towards the team after the result. But you drew 1-1 one, one in Madrid. So you've got to just take it on the chin and get on with it. There's been performance issues all season long Scott that we can talk about till we're blue in the face and we will continue to do that but it's not always the worst thing in the world that if you actually dig yourself out of a hole and get your result that you can then move on to the next match let's talk about how they did that then so uh Nemanja Matic came on uh and gave United a bit of solidity in midfield uh they, they did seem to lack that and I think his experience and his kind of know-how did play a part but it was Anthony Alanga who was brought on and got the equaliser in the end after a nice, nice move. Right up the pitch involving Fred and Bruno Fernandes. Uh, and Alanga was, he, he's, he's a breath of fresh air, isn't he? I mean, from my perspective, I, when I look at someone like Anthony Alanga to 
be completely honest, I don't see him as the answer on either wing for the next 10 years as an automatic starter. But he de- he has come into the group and breathed a new sign of life into it. And this is what Ranić's been trying to extract the, the entire time, really. Uh, he's brought Elanger in and used him a lot more than previous man, like Benali did previously, because he has the right attitude, because he's keen, because he enjoys his football, because he takes instructions on board. And you can he actually runs in behind as well, which is something that like Marcus Rashford is is not really doing at the moment. And that's how the goal came about. Yeah, and I think that's also why, you know, we look at terms of quality of a player, application is really important before the skill factor. So actually Anthony Langer has got quite a lot of skill. You know, he's a skillful player, he's a really good finisher. We've seen that behind the scenes, obviously, in um in youth matches through through his time at Manchester United. Uh, and it's no surprise that he's been one of the, the players plucked out of that system to come and represent in the first team. Because like you just said there, he takes on the responsibility and he takes on instructions and just gets on with it. It's kind of what you want, isn't it? So I don't know. I think there's a, there's a real whole juggling act here. You know, we'll talk about Marcus Rashford and we'll talk about you know the balance of the team and why things are as they are. But I think you've also got to look at someone like Bruno Fernandes, who, who got the assist and in that moment, you know, helped you go and get your draw. But in the first half was just just diabolical, awful. And you can say, well, why was that? I think the, the reason why United was so bad in the first half is because they didn't have Scott McTominay. Just didn't have that engine in there. And Don't that, and say that, that Rob. <laughs> uh, so this, is, this is it. So I'm not here to provoke United fans listening to the, to the, to the podcast. who will be like, oh, my God, what are you talking about? Scott McTominay's rubbish, blah, blah, blah. But if you take out part of your engine room, yeah, the motor doesn't work as well. So it's about empowering players, isn't it? And making sure that certain players look after the ball and certain players look after the territory. And United just were bad at both in that first half. So that's a collective failure. But then you kind of have to kind of get, dig right down and say, well, what was it? You know, like, like Scott was sick. So he would have played that game. There's no doubt about it. So he would have been part of all of the game plan going into it. United, the first whistle goes and they look like they've never played with each other before. And you think mm. to yourself, oh, and that's something about this dysfunction of the personality of this current Man United squad, isn't it? So, you know, so you could drill down on all of them. And I think that there are players like, you know, Bruno gets away with it because he gets that assist. But really, for me, I came out of the game thinking, well, what is Bruno Fernandes doing? You know, what is yeah. happening there? You know, why why is it that he's that he's so like his his form does fluctuate and he'd been good the last few weeks, but he was also awful several weeks ago. So you're still seeing bits of that, aren't you? Like we can we can focus on the younger players like Langer coming through, but it's there's a few of them that just for some reason cannot get that motivation, cannot get that quality to be good every match. Yeah, and Ralph did uh in his comments on Alanga say after the match, uh, I'm gonna quote him here. He's playing as though it's a dream come true. It's a joy and it's a joy and fun to watch him play. I wish a few other players would take him as an example mm-hmm. and as a role model. What does that mean? I mean, because he, it looked to me when he was saying it on TV, he kind of looked up to the side and thought, shall I say this? Okay, I'm going to say this. And is it like, is he challenging the players that he's got? Or is this just a kind of expectation level setting comment? He's 100%, he's, he's 100% challenging the players, 100%, because when he talked about the half-time team talk after that horrible first half, he was just he was quite stern about you know how he put it across, communicating it to the camera, saying, you know, we went in there and, I, and we sorted it out because these players need to be better. And I told them that this performance is not, not acceptable. You know, he's being pretty straight with his, 
with his hip, with his talk. You know, he shoots from the hip, doesn't he? But he's not an aggressive, mean, horrible manager. He isn't a kind of, you know, Mourinho type or a Conte type who will really just everything flows out of them in, in an interview and you, you can kind of tell what they're saying emotionally. But he was quite straight about it. And I think that, that comment about Antia Langer is really, really pertinent and really correct because that's what you want. Go out there. You know, I haven't got the shirt on today, but that's where the badge normally is. And play for that. Go out there and play like you're a Manchester United player and that you mean it and that you care and let the rest go. So I think that that's what he's trying to get across because I think if United put in 100% every match, and we have seen that in other games, you know, even in games where they've drawn matches, there's been much better levels of effort. I think what we find at the moment, Scott, is that because they've realised that they can't run for 90 minutes, that they just have these big downtime periods now in games, like against Atletico, where you expect maybe the pace to be slower in Europe. So what will we do? We'll have a little jog a little bit more because we like jogging. We've been jogging for mm-hmm. years. So let's go back to jogging. Oh my God, we're 1-0 down after seven minutes. So this is the the, the dysfunction that I talk about at Man United. Uh, and I think that Ralph has to just keep working at it because at least with a langer, he can say, right, I'm promoting you now. You're a starter. And and I'm not sure of what you said there, Scott. I think Alanga could be a starter for years to come. I liked what he said after the game. Did you hear what he said? Yeah, it was a, it was a lovely yeah. interview. Yeah. He said... He said, I go out on that pitch and to myself, I'm the best player on it. And I thought, smells like Cristiano. It's what Cristiano used to say at 19, 20. Like, I, I go out there and pretend that I'm the best, even if I'm not. That's how I think. And I think elite mentality. So I, I look at Langer and I think, yeah, you know, you play on that. You go out there and say, yeah, boy, you're the best striker at the club and we're going to feed you. We're going to help you. When he ran through, I thought, oh, is it a Langer you want on the end of this? You know, I don't know. Is he going to finish it? And what I liked was that how he kind of looked up twice and he let Oblak tell him what to do. Oblak went, I'm going near post. And he went, I'm going to roll it to the side. And people went, oh, did he mean it? He meant it. That was a strike. He said it as well. I was reading an interview before we, before we started today. He said, I studied what, what Oblak does in those kind of situations and I put it to that side. Elite mentality. And I think that's the difference between 18-year-olds who are quite good and raw and maybe 18-year-olds that do see themselves as long-term top footballers of the highest echelon. So I think that, that Alanga believes that. Alanga has said that you know before, that he believes he'll carve a big career for himself at Manchester United or a top club. Kind of reminds me of Jadon Sancho at age, when Jadon Sancho was at City, and he was telling everyone, I'm going to be really good. And everyone was going, you're not good enough for Man City, though, are you? And he had to go to Dortmund to prove it. I would like to see Alanga prove it here and now. And I think that he is doing that. I think he's showing that, He's a player of, of a high calibre and that Manchester United could develop him. The next player I want to see doing it is Hannibal. You know, I can I, mm-hmm. I feel that about Hannibal. I think if you start dropping him into games, that he can show that he has creativity in the centre of the park. And then you're not so reliant on McFred. And also, you're not so reliant on Bruno Fernandes. You can say to Bruno, go and be more of a number 10. Go and play higher up next to Cristiano. Because I think that's what Bruno wants to do anyway. Is Anthony Alanga the... The, the player that Ralph can kind of show to prove the point of how United should plan moving forward because he's he's talked about at the start, just to go into a bit more depth there, he's talked about at the start of his, you know, his spell in charge of United that he wants to sign players on their first, second contracts who are willing to work. And it seems to me like Ilanga is the embodiment of that in the current state and the current squad of United. And if... Rannick might want to get the point across to give himself, like to put himself in a strong position for the longer term to build in that kind of mold. Do you think that's part of the thinking? 
I think it's part of the thinking, but I also think as far as Ranić's concerned, like he's only here for another few more months as the manager, and he's going to want to prove that his systems and his methods and his philosophy work. So he said that at the start, didn't he? When he came to United, he talked about young players, as you said, their first contracts, being able to motivate them and get them to do stuff that you want them to do. But that's also the philosophy of this football club. It's supposed to be, you know, it's supposed to be that Man United develop from within and we give players chances. So there are players within our system that are a part of that. So fundamentally, Marcus Rashford came from that part of the system, Jesse Lingard. There are, there are plenty of them that represent that philosophy, but it's about levels. So you look at an anti Langer and you say to yourself, you know, can he do it in years to come? Well, if you were going to give him a new contract tomorrow, you'd probably give him quite a big deal, wouldn't you? You'd say, yeah, you're, you're showing what you can do and we'd like to continue developing you. So I don't think that Ralph is, is thinking too far ahead because I think all he cares about is winning matches. That's what he's there for. And he says it quite a bit. He says, you know, this is a winning business, you know, it's results and that's what I'm here for. But I do think for the next manager, whether that be Ralph or someone else, this is all, you know, this script is important. How you write what you're doing now means so much next summer and even then beyond. Because this Manchester United team and this football club have to be better, don't they, Scott? You know, they've not been good enough to challenge for the trophies. So you have to start, I think, from, from ground zero at the bottom. That starts with your youth players. And then finding out which veterans and older players are maybe now not worth the contracts that they currently earn. We'll talk about that in a second, but fingers crossed the United can advance through the Champions League uh, last 16. The final has now officially been moved to Paris. Um, that's uh, just dropped as we're recording this, Rob. Uh, May 28th is the Champions League final in no Paris. Surprise. No, no surprise. surprises there. Uh, let's let's talk about what you were alluding to there. And I want to I want to speak about Marcus Rashford because in my notes, it's what's wrong with Marcus Rashford? Because... Mm. Something's not right there at the moment. You've seen it for a number of, well, weeks now. I think it kind of stemmed back to there was there was a moment in I think he was in the FA Cup where he just didn't follow up on a on a ball that was kind of loose in the box and the the crowd kind of you know up in arms about it and this kind of stuff and groaned and this kind of thing. He scored here and there, but his performance levels and the way that he's playing is not what we know of Marcus Rashford. He, he now wants the ball into feet all the time. He's able, he, he likes to stop with it. He likes to try and, you know, send a defender the wrong way. He ends up invariably getting tackled or something like that. And he, he's lost the kind of, the, the qualities, or he doesn't possess the qualities at the moment that really brought him to the fore at United. There's something wrong with Marcus Rashford. And we could literally do, I think, a whole hour on Marcus at the moment, because I think when you kind of drill down again on him and look at what he usually does, like we're just talking about Antti Langer breaking through. We all remember Marcus Rashford breaking through under LVG, you know, under under Louis van Gaal and being a player that, again, people thought, well, who is this guy? You know, is, is he good enough? He comes into the team and he shows that youthful exuberance. Now, Marcus isn't old, you know, but he's kind of one of the senior players now, kind of in his still early mid-20s, but a, a kind of a captain of the football club simply because of, of his image now away from football. You know, he's an important uh, figurehead at Manchester United but he doesn't play like it on the pitch. So I, I, I don't know. I think that, you know, I, I'm going to go, go backwards and talk about what Fred said before the Atletico game. And Fred was quite kind of 
straight and he shot from the hip and he said, it's very difficult for us to know what to do at the moment because an interim manager means that in the summer we could all be out of this football club. We don't know, do we? New, new manager comes in. What are we supposed to do in the short term? And he was very critical of the United board and said, you know, these kind of short termisms hurt football. You know, you have to have a longer term outlook. Can I, can I ask you a question on that before mm. we move on? What do you make of him doing that? I think he was just being kind of honest, but not, I don't think it was a politically charged comment, but you can take the the essence of it. And the essence is that he's right. You know, if you bring in an interim boss in any capacity, but you kind of tell your players, well, you've got to get Champions League this year and you've got to try and, you know, get as high as you can in the Premier League and maybe win a trophy for us. But you know what? We're going to give you no structure, no future kind of assurances about your own employment at the football club. Thank you very much. Goodbye. We're off back to Florida because that's where we live as the owners. That's not a good look, is it? So uh, you look at Marcus Rashford, we can talk about his individual displays and they're not good. But I think he maybe epitomises as a Mancunian, as a local lad, of maybe how he feels about the football club and also how lots of Mancunians do feel about Manchester United at the moment. They do feel this kind of loss of responsibility from the very top of the football club. So I I don't know with Marcus. I I think that his form is bad. He's making bad decisions. He, he's not a starter for me at the moment. You know, when he started that game, I understood why Ralph did that. You're looking to counter-press from deep. You're looking for pace. You, you know, it's all there. It's obvious. But Marcus, for me, is just not playing well enough to be a starter at Manchester United at the moment. A very good impact sub, maybe. But we want more from Marcus Rashford, don't we? He's on a he's a big earner. He's a, he's a, he's a superstar in the making. You know, this is what he is. You know, he's one of England's top players. We need to see better and more. It would not surprise me, Scott. Is we get a new manager in the summer, Marcus Rashford turns up on day one and looks electric. But that's not good enough either, is it? You know, we you, you need more from these players now to just play for the shirt and look through maybe all of the smoke that maybe gets in their eyes. How, how do you, or how does Ralph get the get better performances out of Rashford now? Is it a case of, you know, essentially changing his status in the squad? He, he'd be a regular starter um, and has been for the duration of his United career on the most part since he broke through and especially after Mourinho went. But is it a case now of Anthony Alanga's surpassed him in the pecking order? Should Rashford be kind of downgraded and kind of made to work hard to earn his place back? Yes, and that should be the ethos for the whole squad. So if you don't prove it, either in training or on a football pitch, go to the back of the line. Bye-bye. doesn't matter who you are. You know, this is why... I'm not particularly au fait about Cristiano. If Cristiano doesn't play well, I'm going to say it. I don't really care about the 800 goals. You know, Marcus is a Mancunian hero. I don't really care about that when when we talk about football. I care about the last performance and the next one. So I think with Marcus, yes, there's no better tonic for a footballer than who is a starter to go and sit on the bench. Because while you're sat there watching all your mates play football, all of that goes through your head. And you either say to yourself, right, next game, I'm going to prove it. Or you end up like Anthony Martial and out on loan at Sevilla. So this is kind of the balancing act. So I do think that for Ralph and for any manager and anyone who's run a business, if you've got long-term problems in a business and you need to fix them over a year or six months, what can you do in a week or six weeks? Nothing. Zero. So I think the issues with this Man United squad run very deep. So you have to find the characters and you have to turf out a load of players. One of those players might be Marcus Rashford. You might look at him now and say, do you know what? He's worth more on the open market in the summer. We could get a big fee for him and reinvest that. Now, that 
might be unthinkable to some Man United fans, might be unthinkable to Marcus Rashford. But that might be where you have to go, Scott. You know, you have to make these big calls. And the next manager, I think, would want Marcus Rashford, but they only want an effective Marcus Rashford. I don't think there's many untouchables in that squad anymore, to be honest. I, think I don't think every- any of them are. I, like, do you know, even yeah. Bruno Fernandes, like, I'm not going to pick on Bruno here, but, you know, if you look at him and say you, you don't believe that he moves the ball along in that area, because I think that attacking midfield role now in football is so important. You see it at City, you see it at Liverpool, how you get the ball from the midfield to the attack. Now, Bruno's got elite numbers for those kind of things, but not one player, I would say at the moment, is solidified in that because there's always someone better out there. If you can go and get them and you have to sacrifice, as I said, some of your superstar names, your more popular players, then you end up doing that. You know, if you have to do it, when Fergie did it with one Sebastian Veron, who was my favourite player in the world, but hadn't performed, not comparing Bruno and Veron, like Bruno's done a lot better. But you make that choice, don't you? Because it's about the team and the next manager has to make it about the team. Yeah, absolutely. It shouldn't be based on United's transfer policy over the last few years has been based on reputation and stature and all this. Selling shirts. Selling shirts. They do need to move away from this. And I think Ralph is trying to find a way to do that. Mm. But let's look, let's look ahead. Uh United play Watford at Old Trafford on Saturday at three o'clock UK time GMT. Uh as we said at the top, Rob, it's you're not. You'd expect United to win this game. <laughs> We're always going to say that, but um, it's not always that simple, as Watford proved earlier in the season. Although that was in the context of literally Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's last game in charge, and it as that's as it turned out. Um, but you'd expect Watford just shipped four to Aston Villa um, at home in midweek, and it's three points that United absolutely need now because. Uh, we're recording on Friday morning, but on Thursday night, Arsenal took a, a big late goal, scored a big late goal, and that's kind of shifted the paradigm a little bit in terms of what's going to happen with top four. So United need to get their skates on because they've got a difficult run of games move uh, in the next few weeks uh, where Arsenal could take advantage. Yeah, and I think if you're Manchester United... Every game is a must-win now. That's just the way you have to look at it. It doesn't matter who you're playing, Watford or Liverpool, whichever ends of the division, it doesn't matter. What matters is three points every week now. You have to have that kind of metronome running in your mind. That's how the best clubs in the world operate. There are no small games and there are no big games. Every game is just a game. You go out there to be the best version of yourself. So, you know, I'm kind of more worried about Manchester United Watford than I would be Manchester United Liverpool. I really mean that. And it's not a case of quality of who you're playing. It's about yourself, isn't it? So, you know, if United go to, uh, you know, play Watford, I'll be there at Old Trafford. If they go out there and they're, you know, they buzz off the back of the the Atletico uh, uh, draw and they feel good about themselves because they dug themselves out of a hole and they play good football against Watford, they beat Watford. You know, turn up, do your jobs, you beat Watford. It's just as simple as that. But if you go there and you allow Watford to kind of dictate maybe some of the pace of the game, you know, Dennis has a good game. You know, Josh King, who's been absolutely useless in recent weeks. Always scores to... against United though, doesn't he? Always scores Always. against United. Because, you know, like I just, I just gave that example of Atletico being the underdog. Now we go there kind of with our own selves thinking, oh, are we good enough here? You know, can we win this game? Atletico look at Man United and think, we're the underdog. They're the big dogs. And Watford will do the same. Watford will turn up. Watford, like we're in a relegation battle. This is a free hit, isn't it? You know, if we beat Man United 1-0, we'll feel great about ourselves and we can move on. Whereas Man United are the opposite. Man United are like, if we lose to Watford, 
oh, we might come fourth or fifth or sixth or seventh in the league. It's all of that kind of mental traffic moving along in the Manchester United psyche. So it's a tough game because I think that Watford are fighting for themselves. But you look at Watford's form and it's it's not very good. You know, you look at Watford and you think, yeah, we should be able to beat them. But Man United have to turn up. In the end, that is what it boils down to, is if United totally. can get their own heads right and play in the right way that Ralph wants them to play yeah. and play with the right application and play with the right energy. Yeah, totally. Well, you just mentioned Arsenal there, and it's kind of a similar thing for those clubs around the top four conversation, isn't it? It's like, if the team turns up on the day, you might win. If you don't turn up, you're probably going to lose. And then you look at maybe the teams from Chelsea downwards to mid-table, and that applies to all of them. So United need to realise that they're not special in football. They're just another football team. And you have to go out there and do your job and do your work. And, and, and the bit that worries me about United is the simple stuff. Like, why are we still talking about not being able to pass the ball five yards? <laughs> you know, so yeah. this, this is not a tactical issue, you see. We talked about tactics a lot. We could talk about shapes and 4-2-2-2, 4-3-3 variations, blah, 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 blah. Go on for it forever. But if your best players in the midfield can't pass the ball five yards and can't trap a bag of cement, then what are you supposed to do? You know, Radnick really can't do much more than just put them out there and tell them to do what they're supposed to. So I think Watford, you know, the challenge of Watford is that this Man United team should remember very carefully that this game at Vicarage Road got their manager the sack. You know, and a lot of these guys are still Ole Gunnar Solskjaer players. You know, in their heads, they feel that with Ole, that connection. And I hope they remember it because they need to get some vengeance for their former manager here and at least prove a point that they're better than Watford. We do remember uh, the reaction uh, when the crowd were, you know, they obviously they weren't happy at Vicarage Road. And I think Bruno Fernandes was pointing to, I'm, I'm, I'm swirling my arm around here, he's pointing to, it's yeah. all of our faults. Well, go and prove it now. <laughs> and do you know, you know, it seems like this seems to be the, the Bruno Fernandes show. I don't know why. Yeah. But this is the problem, right? It's great that there are players who will publicly take that lead. Harry Maguire's another one. Go on Twitter. We're really sorry, guys. We should be better. la di da da Bruno, in that game, Watford. It's all of us, not the manager. Yeah, two rights, all of us, but you can't get sacked. You know, your manager can. So why are you not doing it? Or why are you not at least showing that extra level of fight? So I think we are seeing that, as I said, in, in other games where United fans have been down on the result. You lose to Middlesbrough. It's awful. You get knocked out of the cup. That's one trophy in the bin. But the performances, the effort levels have been better since Solskjaer left the football club. So that's, I think, credit to Ranić. Still not quite there, isn't it? We still don't trust this team. We're not looking at the Watford game and going, yep, they're going to smash Watford. It's going to be an easy day at the office. We'll be 3-0 up at halftime and we'll all go home very happy. I still thinking about going to that match and thinking, well, I'm going to have to get up at 7am. Is it worth it? Am I going to feel any? Am I going to go to Watford? Am I going to sit in my seat? Am I going to be there at full time doing a YouTube short here for our channel going, well... Another bad performance from Manchester United. Top players didn't turn up. You know, Josh King scored a hat-trick and now we all want to cry and all you can hear is boos around me. Is that going to happen? It might do because we do not trust this team yet. They have not earned that. And the top, I, I always look to the top players, Scott. The top players in your team, the Rashfords, the Ronaldos, the Brunos, they're the ones that are going to lead you to the promised land. They're the ones that are going to take you to where you want to be. As it stands at the moment, they are not doing it. Lovely little integration of the show's title there. That is the thinking behind it. Uh, Clive Tilsley used the Manchester United have reached the promised land all the way back in 1999 after Ollie scored in the Champions League final. Uh, 
nicer times. <laughs> uh, but yeah, United have a, a difficult run of games after this Watford game. City away, Tottenham at home, Liverpool away, Leicester at home, Everton away. Everton are awful at the moment. but And then Arsenal away in game week 34. It is a long, long time away yet, but that one could be crucial uh, in, in the way that it's shaping up. All right, so that's it for today. I think we'll uh, we'll wrap up there, Rob. Uh, United play Watford on Saturday uh, ahead of a big run of games in the Premier League in the in the following few weeks. Uh, but remember, you can subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts on Apple, Google, Spotify, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and watch us. You can now watch us twice a week on YouTube as well on Tuesdays and Fridays. So head over to our YouTube channel, hit the like button, subscribe, and join the community. The link should be in the description of this episode if you're listening on audio. And reminder as well, you can follow us on Twitter too. Uh, mine is at underscore Scott Saunders. Rob is at underscore Rob underscore B. And we're at Promised Land MU for the actual show's account as well. So have a great weekend, guys. We'll see you on Tuesday. Thanks for listening. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.